from the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. For the Ohio News Network, I'm Dave James. Akron-based First Energy says it's being investigated by the state in connection with payments to Ohio's former House Speaker and a top utility regulator. Cleveland.com reports that First Energy said in a financial report filed this week that it received a subpoena in June from the Ohio Organized Crime Investigations Commission, which is part of the state attorney general's office. The payments were the focus of a bribery scandal that landed former Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder and former Ohio Republican Party Chairman Matt Borges in prison. First Energy agreed to pay a $230 million penalty and cooperate with federal prosecutors, but says it was unaware of the state investigation. No current or former executives with the company have been convicted in the case. Today marks the six-month anniversary of the train derailment in East Palestine, 20 miles south of Youngstown. Owenin's Lindsay Mills says there are new concerns from rail union leaders. The train derailment happened in February. In March, new safety measures became law as part of a more than $13 billion state budget. Now the Association of American Railroads is suing the state of Ohio over some of what was passed, including the legislation requiring two-member crews on freight trains. John Esterly, one of the rail union leaders who fought for this safety measure, says the rail industry is trying to undo what was signed into law. I'm disappointed to see the lawsuit, but I'm not surprised. The railroads challenge many of these uh, state-level laws that deal with things that they feel are preempted by federal law. But I think, you know, given the right court, the right judge, and and an opportunity to plead the case that that Ohio's law can stand up. I'm Lindsay Mills. Norfolk Southern CEO Alan Shaw spent today in East Palestine and says he's been back to the town nearly every weekend since the derailment. Both people suspected of stealing a semi-cab west of Columbus early yesterday morning and leading police on a multi-county chase died in the exchange of gunfire that broke out hours later during a standoff with a state highway patrol. That standoff happened along an access road off I-70 near Dayton International Airport. Police say the suspects, identified as 51-year-old Elaine Hellman and 54-year-old Rodney Hellman, both died at Miami Valley Hospital. Bipartisan legislation introduced by Ohio's Democratic U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown and Republican Tim Scott of South Carolina is targeting the suppliers of fentanyl to the U.S. Brown says the legislation will require the president to sanction international criminal organizations and drug cartel leaders involved in fentanyl trafficking and declare international fentanyl trafficking a national emergency. In Cuyahoga County alone, 340 Ohioans died in the first half of this year from drug overdoses. The county medical, uh, the county medical uh, examiners has been clear that fentanyl is to blame for the spike. A more potent fentanyl mixed in with other kinds of drugs when often the user uh, doesn't even know that. Ohio averages well over 5,000 drug overdose deaths per year, the fourth highest death rate in the U.S. behind only Delaware, Kentucky, and West Virginia, which has the highest by far. Much of Ohio was very dry in June and then hot and wet in July. Dan Cummins checked in with a farmer 20 miles west of Toledo. Buckenmeyer Farms in Swanton plant 4,800 acres, corn and soybeans mostly. Oh, it's been a good summer. Bill Buckenmeyer is a third generation at this. Uh, While this growing season has been two extremes, the crops are still looking really good. 
tall, healthy stalks. Corn is using the most water that it uses throughout its season during pollination. So when we got this latest rain, it was ideal timing due to the fact that a lot of the corn was just starting to pollinate and we were just getting into that 90 degree weather. Things were getting dry again. All things considered, 2023 has been near perfect for the crops. We didn't get the hard pounding rains right the, in, during the springtime to where we'll go in, we'll plant, and then two days later we get a pounding Watch rain out. and then get to yeah. go do it again. So the stands are there and now that we've got ample water, it should be a fairly good year. A good news, bad news scenario. As the corn crops are looking great in the Midwest, corn prices have been falling. Just over five bucks a bushel. I'm Dan Cummins. The Pro Football Hall of Fame game is tonight in Canton. The Cleveland Browns play the New York Jets, but don't expect high-profile quarterbacks Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers to play. The game serves to highlight Canton's Hall of Fame Village Entertainment Complex right there alongside the stadium and museum. CEO Mike Crawford says they wanted to create an environment for everybody on the 112-acre campus. Right across the street here, we've got seven big screens. We've got rides. We're planning a big first down festival to allow guests who can't get into the game still to partake and be a part of the environment. There's even a 125-foot Ferris wheel. Ann Graffis is the Hall of Fame Village Executive Vice President of Global Marketing and Public Affairs and says the area outside the stadium is great. This is what we call our fan engagement zone. So think about anything that you could possibly do as it relates to dining, entertainment, retail, those types of things. That's what this plaza is going to be, an activation site for food trucks to come down, for folks to really have a thoroughfare directly into the stadium. Next year, they hope to have completed their hotel and football-themed water park. Columbus City Schools, the state's largest district, will have a $100 million levy on the November ballot to go toward operations and building maintenance. Jennifer Adair is the school board president. Right now, this is how public education is funded in our state. And uh, that is why we have to come back to our uh, voters and make sure that we are able to operate and do all the things that we need to do to provide the best education for our children. The NAACP has come out against the levy, saying the Columbus City Schools Board has not requested community input and not been good stewards of taxpayer money. The levy would increase taxes by $270 for every $100,000 in property value. There's some good news related to the economy. Here's how it Eric Brown. A new report shows the U.S. private sector added more jobs than expected in July. The private sector is made up of businesses and organizations not owned by the government. The report shows companies added 324,000 jobs in July. Economists say they were only expecting to add 189,000 jobs. The job gains were mostly in the leisure and hospitality fields, with financial and manufacturing industries reporting losses. Ohio's latest unemployment rate for June was 3.4 percent, the lowest unemployment rate since 1976 when the series for reporting unemployment started. Swifties who did not get a chance to see Taylor Swift at her two concerts in Cincinnati this summer may get another chance, but they'll have to drive a little bit. Swift has announced more dates for next year and will do three shows in early November 2024 in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. They're on November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Verified fan registration through Ticketmaster is now open for those shows. Special thanks to our television affiliates, WKYC in Cleveland, WTOL in Toledo, and WBNS in Columbus for their contributions to today's podcast. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.